<laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, Australia and Egypt, whatever. But they might even say Egypt and Australia. They probably would. This this could Australia all be going, would be finishing fourth. This could all be going in the pod. All right. Is this not in the pod? Nah. Or it can be. Ooh. Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 22.1. The A-League season may be over, but there's still plenty to go over in terms of the Adelaide United squad. We've also got Ollie Roos chat. They've got their group. Their fixtures have been announced. The squad's been announced. We'll go over those. We've got the, uh, the Asian leg of the World Cup qualifiers continues. Australia found out their group for that as well. We're going to break that all down. Tommy's on the other end of the line. Where do you want to start? With the group of death, obviously. The group of death that we are in. Which we? The Socceroos or the, or the Oliveroos? The Oliveroos or the so- whoever Australia is playing. We seem to always put ourselves in the group of death. We can, uh, we can start with the Oliveroos. Um, oh, that'll be fun. Do it. Because when, when did we play? A couple of weeks. We said July. In a, couple of weeks, in a couple of weeks, we kick off. We play three games in the space of a week starting on Thursday, the 22nd of July, finishing on Wednesday, the 28th of July, playing in between on Sunday, the 25th of July, all at reasonable 8 p.m. time slots. Um, yes, we've got finally. Spain, Argentina and Egypt in our group. Uh, in our group. Uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, we'll walk it, right? Doubtful. Doubtful. No, hugely doubtful. Um, I was just, I was scrolling through the Argentinian and Spanish sides and they're, it's, you know, they're, they're stock full of well-reputable clubs from players that have probably had far superior academy training to our guys. But it's, yep. it's just, it's cool to see, it's cool to see the Oliver is competing again because there was such a long period there where we weren't qualifying for this tournament. So this is massive. This is a massive achievement, really. First, even be there, number one. And number two, you know, the squad... The squad isn't all bad, I don't think. No, um, I agree. I'm also pretty excited to see these games and see how they go. I'm not expecting too much, but I'm more... These sort of games, you'd end up kind of looking out for individual performances, seeing what individuals throw up. But uh, we can go over the squad if you like. Um, It does feel a little underwhelming. No, definitely. No, for sure. It's just, it's really lacking in the overage Socceroos contingent. Feels, there's always like massive speculation before any Olympics. Who are we going to take? Tim K, who will get thrown around inevitably. Yeah. That, that would have been cool to see if he came back out. Legacy. Out of retirement for the Olympics. Yeah. Um, if he could take, take some time off spruiking the Qatar World Cup, come out and play for his country. Yeah. What do we think of, uh, you know, the only... We've announced we've got two overage players. Uh, Ruan Tongi yeah. is one, but he probably deserves it anyway. He's only just gone too old. But the other one is <laughs> Mitchell Duke at 30 oh. years of age is in the oh, Olympic boy. squad. All the other Socceroos to choose from. And this is the guy we're taking, a guy with six goals in 17 league games this season or something like that. Not even like... Not even the best Australian A-League striker that isn't a part of the Socceroos, really. So, no. I mean, how many games has Mitch Duke played lately? It's Jamie McAllister's our main man. And if he's not playing, Martin Boyle's playing, or it's not Mitch Duke. So, this... Jamie McAllister? Did I say McAllister? Yeah. McLaren, perhaps. Caught me off guard there. Caught me J-Mac. off guard there. Yeah. Um, I don't really get this at all. I don't see why... Yeah, I'm okay with not picking too many overage players and just giving the younger players a go, which just makes it even more bizarre that you would have someone like Mitch Duke in there. I just, yeah. For what for what benefit are we getting out of this? I mean, it seems like a Graham Arnold pick, really. It seems like a teacher's pick. He's found yeah. his boy, the one that he, didn't he play for him in Japan as well? I mean, uh, it's, not, it's not just, 100% sure on that. Okay, I could be I could be allegedly speculating here, which wouldn't be like us. It yeah. just it doesn't inspire confidence, that's for damn sure. Especially when you look at some of the young Oli Roos, you know, guys that could actually qualify under the age bracket that missed out. Uh, I think Noah Bottage being number one, he was um, he was hugely present during the the first phase of qualifying for this tournament. You know, prior to COVID, maybe he's fallen off the wagon a little bit, but 
he was scoring goals and I don't understand why he's missed out, you know, for someone like Mitch Duke, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Baffled by it. A few other big names, well, not big names, but a few surprise players missing out. Like uh, Wenzel Halls didn't make it in See, the end. Why wouldn't you have? Why wouldn't you have Wenzel Halls instead of Mitch Duke? Youngster, he he's not thirty as well. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, uh, Nazarene is in this article I'm reading here as a potential, uh, and then there's the a bunch of guys yeah. that are older but probably could have featured uh, younger Socceroo type players. Uh, Hustic, Borello, Mobile, Economides, uh, Karacic, but no sign of him. Someone like Hustic is an interesting idea, given he's just kind of burst onto the scene for the Socceroos as well. He would have been a good pick. I yep. think Awer Mobile, definitely, given he's back in South Australia. I saw photos of him. I think, was he down at the Adelaide City game on the weekend? Yeah, um, I'm, so I'm he's, sure. He's kicking, he's kicking around, cooling his heels in the off-season, not doing a lot, so... That's yeah. Those are all good suggestions. I don't know. What do you think overall? How does the squad? How does the squad fare? Do you think? Is it actually all uh, doom and gloom? I, it's not all doom and gloom. It's just, you know, the likes of Spain and Argentina are going to be bringing a higher caliber of player. You'd think. Uh, Riley McGree can probably mix it. Uh, I'm excited to see Glover, Thomas Glover in goal. <laughs> I, knew you'd, I knew you'd like that one. Uh, yeah, I don't. He was, I don't um, know. He don't was know too much about Tom, a lot of these. Tom Glover was part of a, the first bit of A League cross promotional material on. Have you been paying attention tonight? He was like the guest questionnaire that <laughs> came out, and it's good to see Channel Ten straight away getting fucking stuck into the cross promotional stuff. They're really going to give the A League a push. You can feel it. You can already see it. Well, I hope so, because that's what we've been kind of hoping for. Uh, on the flip side of this squad, of course, we were kind of talking about it off recording before about um, apparently a lot of the a lot of the clubs uh, maybe either didn't allow their players to go to the Olympics or didn't respond yeah. to us asking for them to play in the Olympics. So maybe that's featured in the selection, but I'm really not sure. I haven't read too much on it. I couldn't see too many A-League clubs uh, standing in the way of players going, given that, you know, a lot of this team is made up of A-League players. So if you wanted an uh, overage no. A-League player, but I guess it is just the European. Uh, it seems the, like, um, you know, the young players that, that are playing in like Portugal or in Croatia, uh, countries like that, even Hoffenheim. Uh, yeah, just not really, not even getting a look. Lucky Brook misses out. Yeah, a bit of a shame. I... He kind of stagnated this season, didn't he? Uh, for Adelaide United, maybe. There is an auspicious lack of Adelaide United players, given that we're supposed to be the young team of the league. Well, when did he sign for Brentford? I, it was the beginning of last season, wasn't it? So he's had a full season over there? Yeah, not sure. I'm pretty sure he had a, he's had a full season. I mean, he's a Premier League player now, but still. <laughs> yeah, we've also got players like uh, Jacob Italiano. Playing like yeah. reserves in Germany uh, for Munch and Gladbach, not getting a gig. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to know without knowing where the clubs stood on these selections. Uh, let's just do what we always do and piss on Graham Arnold anyway. Yeah, exactly. Why is he even managing this fucking team? What is going on? You can't have yeah. two jobs, Graham. Focus on one. You can't even do one well enough. Why are you doing two? Yeah, it's a bit concerning. I was wondering, I was going to ask you how you feel about that, having the coach, the national team coach, doing the under-23s job as well as the first team. Actually, I think, um, like, systemically, I don't think it's a bad idea. Uh, we've got the wrong guy doing it, but I think overall it's a pretty good idea because you want, you kind of want that natural transition between the youth squads into the, into the national team squads, which yep. is what we've seen. We've seen that with England. Uh, in the Euros and Italy as well, for that matter, we're seeing a transition of youth team uh, representatives into the national team, which is great. That's what you want to see. Um, and I think that's what Australia's trying to do. So they want to play. Do you think, I think he, he sold it at the time as wanting to play a certain style, but we obviously don't play with a certain style. So maybe it's just the same coaches. Is it familiarizing yeah, yourself? No, I, I agree also that, Oh, I don't really feel strongly either way about it. 
but I definitely, like you said, we just have the wrong guy doing it. Mm-hmm. And I do remember something about it at the time, Arnold putting forward the case of being able to, you know, play the same system and style. But this is a guy we've talked about on the pod before with the main soccer squad, which we'll get into in a sec. Uh, we'll talk about their World Cup qualifiers, but they don't seem to have any sort of style or set system that he wants to play with them. He's still figuring it out. So I don't have a lot of hope for this. Neither do I. Uh, fingers crossed that we're not too badly embarrassed, um, but we really should be pinning all of our hopes on the Matildas. That's... Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. And um, we'll focus on the Matildas next week, I think. I think the Matildas are probably probably due a big wrap-up. Yeah, we can go into them next week because um, they will have they got some big games coming up too, so they deserve a bit of our attention. Uh Probably so more than these guys. Oh, probably more for sure. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, just wrapping up there. Australia, Egypt, Spain, Argentina in that group. Are probably, you know, we're looking at third or fourth in there, aren't we? I think so. Yeah, we'll yep. do. I mean, Argentina is probably the one we could pick off. Um, uh, we would have to be very, very good. And they'll probably have to have an off day where they're not, they're not hitting the target as often as they should. So remains to be seen. I'll eagerly watch them. But our friendlies as well leading into this, I think we had a couple against the Republic of Ireland, yep. uh, their youth system. No, it's not inspiring <laughs> confidence. Trash versus trash, to be honest. Oh, dude, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Dumps well, the fire the lot. Maybe uh, the, uh, the main Socceroo squad might also be in contention to finish third or fourth in their World Cup qualifier group. What do we think of this? The draw came out last week. Australia got Group B with Japan, Saudi Arabia, China, Oman, and Vietnam. Uh, Personally, I think this is probably the better option of the groups. I can see us finishing second in this. I don't think we can win this group because Japan are too good. True. But I think we have a better chance of qualifying second in this group than we would have in the other group with Iran, Iraq, South Korea. Uh, so on, Jordan. So what do you make of this? Without a doubt. I mean, you even look uh, at the bottom of Group A, Syria, and that's the team that we had to just just cling on and beat in the um, the knockout World Cup qualifier last time around. Yep. And you look at that, that's the fifth-ranked side in that group. Group A is the strongest group, without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. You've got Iran and Korea, who are the two best teams in Asia. And then... Uh, you know, Iraq for us is a terrible option. There's such a banana skin. We've lost to them many occasions. They just seem to play up against us. I don't know why. Yep. So to avoid Group A, massively happy because we can beat China. We can beat Oman. We can beat Vietnam. We can do them home and away. No drama. A lot of those teams in that Group A as well, they're, they, I don't know. They just feel like they've been really iffy for us away from home. UAE, another so, one. We've yeah. slipped up. Yeah. I mean, going to somewhere like China and Vietnam is a lot closer to our condition as well. Like it's sort of Japan as well, because you look at Group A, that's more Middle Eastern Asia than it is Southeast Asian and closer to where we are. So uh, this has worked out wonderfully for us. You're right. We're probably not going to get anywhere near Japan. They scored an unholy amount of goals in their qualifying phase prior to this yeah. one. Just doing exactly what we need to be doing. And they're, for me, Japan are the benchmark. And yeah, we will do always, really well to get a point out of them home and away. Japan are always, you kind of, I feel like you know what you're getting with Japan every time. You're still, Australia still kind of sometimes powerless to stop it in these sort of uh, qualifying qualifying stages. But Saudi Arabia, I think we can beat, uh, we'll definitely beat at home all these teams, maybe except Japan. So, and we're For definitely... Sure. I can definitely see us winning away in China, Oman, and Vietnam. So I think it will come down to us and Saudi Arabia. We're probably better than them. But like we've said, the concerns with Graham Arnold and this team and the system they play, whatever that is, the style of play, whatever that is, the amount of chances we leak against poor teams, let alone good teams, is pretty concerning. Massively concerning. Uh, Saudi Arabia, we beat pretty convincingly playing Angers, you know, much maligned, three at the back. Do you remember that game at Adelaide Oval? Tommy Rogic smacked in an absolute Yeah, I was, I was there for that one. Um, 
I don't remember too much of it now because it was so long ago, but I do remember Rogic scoring that absolute worldie. Maybe there and may I, have been a few after, beverages involved that night that influenced say, the memory. An afternoon on the hill will do that to you. Yeah, we were in the grandstand. There was no hill because uh, FIFA won't allow the hill to be open for uh, football Adelaide Oval for an international Bunch football archaic, game. Yeah. Archaic dogs. But, I mean, it should just be at High Marsh anyway if we're having Socceroos fixtures in Adelaide, but whatever. That would be the hottest ticket in town. Could you believe that? It would, but how much better would it be? Well, I mean, the stadium's just about to start going under upgrades for the Women's World Cup in the 20. 20- yeah. 2023 maybe we could try and get up to world cup standard at least qualify even even before that we've always been of the um the impression that having 17k or so at high marsh is better than getting like 28 29 at adelaide oval definitely definitely and you've seen that recently um with the afl with their limited capacity grounds as well it's just it's hollow you lose so much of the noise and air at adelaide oval not a great place to watch football at the best of times. Definitely, definitely. Um, the fixture list, I mean, it's pretty loose. They've got dates and stuff, but who knows when or where they will actually be played. There's lots of TBCs yeah. in here. We're meant to kick it off at home on a Thursday against China, uh, but venues and kickoff times are all over the place at the moment, so no one actually knows. We may end up having to play all of these games outside of Australia. Yeah, I could see a hub situation happening again, depending on how vaccination rates are going across Asia. Um, that's part of the news I haven't kept up with, Sam. You've been looking into this? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. It almost, it just seems like a pie in the sky goal to try and get this, you know, worldwide competition organized and set, ready to be played next year, for fuck's sake. Like we are yeah. wrapped this time next year. Oh, no. Maybe the end of next year, but still, we are rapidly approaching. Yeah, because this qualifying campaign has to get underway pretty soon. September, it'll start with the last game being in March, well into the World Cup year by then. Mm. So uh, there's so much, there's so many ifs and buts going around. So we'll just have to keep an eye on there. Maybe try and keep a better eye on the news. Fuck, dude. Trying no, to keep an eye on everything right now. I don't yeah, think I care just... enough. I don't care enough. Socceroos are always, uh, it's something I get excited for when the game comes around. That quickly dissipates within the first minutes of the game. <laughs> I still watch on with great intrigue. And then after I go, why did I do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it traps, the me. <laughs> it traps me in again. And the next time I get so excited, ah, oh, the national team's playing. And they just, yeah. So... We'll wait till September comes around to see if this uh, opening game of the qualifiers kicks off against China. Yep. Wake me up when September ends, man. Yep. We want to, just on that, those games, we want to get it off to a pretty good start as well because we play China, Vietnam, and Oman first. So the last last two of each round is Japan and Saudi Arabia. Finishing with, so the last two games of the campaign are Japan at home and Saudi Arabia away. But like we said, the... You know, there's caveats to that home and away. We're not really sure what that'll be, what that'll look like. Yeah. And if it will be in that order. But still, that would probably be the way to do it because it gives you one good opportunity at Japan and then you just really have to be resilient yeah. uh, in the Middle East there. So if we're, going oh, with, uh, if we're going with predictions a few months out, you think we've finished second in this group? I think we finished second. And I think then we finished if, second. If we do happen to finish third, we'll end up playing... One of Iraq, Syria, UAE. No, we'll play. Oh, because you think Korea wins that other group? Yeah. No, I think Iran wins it. I think Iran okay. wins it. So then. Iran, so Korea, between. and then one of. Okay. And, and in that case, if we end up playing Syria or something like that again, I think we'd probably win still. But yeah, if we were to miss out. I think out, so. If- I think so. But it's, it's not a bloody, you know. Not a chance I'm willing to take with this squad, it's, with this coach. It's not a lock, is it? Yeah. No. I don't want to put Graham Arnold on the medal. Um, no, but I was going to say... We'll probably end up there with Mitch a... Duke up front. <laughs> Just throwing him on at the last minute. Go on, give yeah. it a Dukey. We need put a goal against Syria. Go on, Dukey. Here's a goal, Dukey. Yeah. Jesus. That would happen as well. Fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, it's grim. 
You got anything else on uh, the Socceroos before we wrap it up there? No, let's leave it to rest let's there. Let's leave it. We'll reopen Good that luck. can of worms come September when the games are meant to be played. Yeah. So well, I if guess there was one to miss. Qatar yeah. would be the one to miss because that would, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I'm still open to everyone boycotting it. You think it'll happen? Like, no, nah, it won't. I would love Probably to see not. it, but they're too soft. These countries. All it's it would nice. take would be one big country to do it, like a Germany or someone, I think, and the rest would probably fall into line. Mm, that's an interesting, interesting concept because I think I remember reading the Netherlands and some of the Nordic nations were yep. considering not playing, and they probably weren't a big enough draw. Unless Denmark win the Euros, yeah, maybe. <laughs> See, I'd be all for it. I'd be all for it if Australia just turned around and said we're not going. Oh, same. That'd be amazing. I, I'm all for that. So I wouldn't. I don't really care. Like, there's bigger. I know people will be making the argument that you don't mix politics with football, but it's just that's how it is. Have you seen the last two years? Have you seen everything yeah. to do with this World Cup is all politics? It is. Football so. is, if anything, the one unifier in all that. So um, it often can become a stage for that. So in terms of a country like Qatar, I think most people are pretty unified on their position with that country and the issues they have there. So we can probably all get around the boycott Qatar bandwagon. Yeah, definitely. It's a very easy side to choose. Yeah. All right. We might leave that there though. Um, yeah, pin up. We'll come back to Ollie Roos and Socceroos games. They'll all be happening across the next few months. Matilda's as well. Uh, we might go across to look at Adelaide United. There's been some big movements in the squad. Uh, a lot of players <laughs> have left or been cut. Uh, leaving us, leaving <laughs> us cut. wondering, leaving us wondering what we have left. Noah Smith, I like your hustle. That's why it's so hard to cut you. <laughs> That's so accurate too. I really like. I really like Noah Smith. He's yeah. He's probably maybe not an A League player, but I am still surprised he was one of the names cut given. Uh, defense at the moment. Um, might as well just go through this quick little list here. But Pacific Nyongabiri, Noah Smith, Yarrod Abatu, Dakota Oxenham, all cut. All cut from the squad. Yep. Two uh, in there that I, I kind of agree with. Two in there that I'm sort of. Look, I was never a Noah Smith advocate. I think early on I did criticize him a bit, and then when he went missing from the team, I didn't wasn't pining for him to come back. Um, was he just? Is he just a little bit too old? Can we not sign him to another scholarship deal? Is it at the I'm, point? I'm not entirely sure. He's he's probably not an A League player. Probably not. No, probably no. not. Uh, Yarrod Abatu. Yarrod yeah, He was though. never going to be. He was no. never going to be an A League player. <laughs> um, we fell <laughs> off with this guy real quick. After I think. <laughs> We tried. You'll be able to find evidence of us on the pods doing our best to defend him and say we don't mind him, but it fell off pretty quickly. It got pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, straight up trash. I remember, I remember defending him in person to people and then a couple of weeks yeah. later having to go to them and be like, oh, you were right. You were right. <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> go on to them with your humble pie. Um, yeah. Happy Nyong- to eat it. <sighs> Nyongabiri, is he just maybe too old as well? Too old one, number two, we've got too many strikers. Yeah. So when you sign when you sign Motore to the yeah, scholarship winger, deal. Winger slash attacking midfielder, younger Bire, but yeah, we've probably got better players. We've got too many of them. Yep. Having said that, if I go through this list of the players that we have kept on in that regard, uh, Mohamed Toure, obviously. Uh, Ethan Cox is one. Bernardo, Cassio's son is one. Exciting. Uh, Johnny Yule, who uh, I think hugely exciting, and the coaching team seem to really like. Popovich joins from the youth team. And we've kept Yaya Dukuli. I'm wondering your thoughts mm. on this one. Mm, Yaya. He's on a scholarship deal, right? Yep. That's probably the only saving grace for him. He did score. He, did, he had a really nice goal actually on the weekend playing for the MPL yep. side. A really, really cute finish, actually. He's got something. He must so have my, something. Yeah. So my feeling with Yaya Dukuli is uh, 
because, well, he's been floating around this squad for some time now that even after some pretty horrid performances and getting scathed a bit by Carl on the sidelines, that I'm beginning to think there must be something about him that we haven't maybe seen at the A-League level yet that they're a big fan of and that they're trying to work towards with him. Yeah, they're working him it, like visibly to us. They're working him more than any other player so far. And obviously they see some sort of raw talent, some something that they can bring out and, you know, weaponize, hopefully, fingers crossed. Obviously, I trust them completely. If they think that they've got a talent here and we can sign them to a scholarship deal for another season, then by all means. And if that means Neon Gabiri has to go, that's unfortunate. I think we may see him pop up at another team. Yep. Wouldn't be surprised if he got picked up by Western United or a Wellington or something random like that. His A-League days aren't over for sure because he definitely showed something off the bench. And in that rare game that he started, I thought he was very solid and played his position and, you know, tactically very aware of the, his role. So he's a good player. Yeah, I, and it's just unfortunate I kind of, for us. I kind of thought so as well. There's plenty out there that would disagree with us though. Uh, but You're going to get that. They're divisive. The young players like this sometimes, uh, as to what you what you see and what you take, what you see, exactly. what you what you kind of value in their performance. Um, yeah, I'm kind of impartial on Pacific. I kind of agree with you, but I also agree with a lot of the criticism he had. So, yeah, what were the criticisms? Just that, and oh, uh, just, what were the ones you just agree that with? He was not his quality. His quality is not the best. Uh, he's sure. finished his uh, final product. Not always the best. Uh, it's sometimes I think players like that get forgiven a bit for their lack of ability when it's uh, when they're coming off the bench and they're just running, you know, you come off the bench and you run hard and look fast, move the ball quick. Mm-hmm. Sometimes can make a player look better than they are. But yeah, because yeah. they're always attacking weary defenses. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. That's fair. No, that's fair. So I guess um, we should, uh, or unless you've got anything else on these youth players, the scholarship players. Um, no, just I'm make- just, I'm su- super psyched to see Johnny Yule. He was yeah. the most valuable player in the youth team. And yeah. that, it, like, I was looking through our most valuable player in the youth team uh, throughout the last decade. And you look at this award, 2011-12, Jordan Elsie. We're going to yeah. go on to him very soon. 2012-13, Awer Mobile, 15-16, Ruan Tonyik. He's obviously just got that big call-up um, to the Oli Roos, Socceroos as well. Daniel Margush was the next one. Uh, two years later, Carlo Armiento and Louis Dorigo shared it. Uh, Lockie Brook had it last season and then uh, in 2019-2020, I should say. Um, and then got his move to Brentford. So I think when you look, like that is a long list of successful footballers in Australia and overseas. And if you're winning that award, you are, you are definitely carrying some pedigree going to that Adelaide United side. So super excited to see Johnny York. Yep. hundred percent agree. Pretty happy with that signing. We're also, I think we're pretty excited to see more of Bernardo. Mm-hmm. There's some cool names in the NPL side right now. Like last yep. names when you've got Alligich's kid playing Kane Vidmar's in there. Yep. Um, you know, and obviously Bernardo's come back from Melbourne City. So this is great. It's such a, yeah, it's just fun. It's just fun. It is. Oh, fun. just a Hope- side note. Side note. Funnily enough, Lucas Pantelis came into work the other day. And we, I just we got chatting just randomly because I was like, "Hey, you're like my favorite player growing up. What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> Do you say that to every Adelaide player you bump into? Just the retired ones. Just the retired ones. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I did yeah. bump into Yak. I did bump into Jakobsen once, and I um I said something about being my captain, and it was like a couple of days after he had given the captaincy away, and I was like, oh fuck's sake, I've got to stop talking <laughs> to footballers when I'm at work because it's just it doesn't yeah. end well. But this one was good because he had um he had similar raps on just the kind of family and the culture and the Adelaide United are trying to bring the old guys back into the club, which is just brilliant yeah. to see. And he's he's. He's got a lot more to do with the club coming up and he's been working with them previously too. So, so stay it's tuned. Cool. It's just cool to see. Yeah, it's cool to see. Yeah, lovely. Um, I guess we can move on to some of the big names. Um, so we've got Jakobsen had re-signed, Craig Goodwin re-signed for a year, Jordan yes. Elsie off to Newcastle, Ryan Strain oh. off to Israel, Tommy Urich on, on the verge of leaving, as I just read tonight. 
So where do you want to start with this group of players? It's uh, maybe go chronologically. The Elsie and the Strain ones were the first to be announced, I think. And they hurt. That was surprised me, actually. Both of them really both, came out of the blue. Both surprised me. Um, I'm pretty, pretty okay with uh, Ryan Strain taking the move to Israel. He's going He's straight into at, a... Um, Playing in Makita's team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, straight into a team that uh, they will be playing Champions League qualifiers. Whether or not he awesome. starts in them, I'm not sure. But he had his best season by miles. He had an excellent year. He was probably our player of the season on the podcast. Yep. So rough to see was him the, go. Um, was the members player of the season as well. Members player of the season. And then... Jordan Elsie to Newcastle out of nowhere. Did not expect that. Pretty gutted, if I'm honest. But yeah. It makes it harder given that there's very little local football media. So you don't hear any rumors or rustlings and there's no yeah. there's no journalists asking players, what are your movements? What are you thinking you're doing? So when the news breaks, you're sort of just like, oh, fuck. What the hell, yeah. man? Jordan Elsie, like our seventh most appearances of all time. Jordan Elsie. Double winner, like an absolute giant of the 2011-2012 youth player yep. rising uh, award winner, rising youth player award winner. Like what a decade he's had at the club. And for sure, when he, come, when he comes back, because it looks like he's going to Newcastle, still hasn't been announced, but looks like he's going to Newcastle. I think it has officially been announced now, hasn't it? Uh, has it? I believe, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, oh, well, Adelaide United officially announced he'd departed, so. Yeah. I don't know if Newcastle have announced his arrival yet, but yeah. It's I will definitely welcome back at the High Marsh. Absolutely. Open arms. I think uh, we've I hope others do as well. <laughs> we've yeah, we've spoken a lot about Elsie on here, obviously, because he's I know he's a, a favorite of ours. Um uh, do we need to go into it again? But we probably are because yes, even it's the last even, time we can. Even on announcements of him leaving. The just comments everywhere saying like who cares? Like, thank God, see you later. People people just making up stats in their head, like, oh, cool, now we won't have to play with 10 men all the time. Like he's had like one red card in two years. Yeah. <laughs> two in like the last five seasons or something. Hardly Come on. ever misses out on yellow card bands. Like it's just yep. such a consistent performer. And for a guy that's had multiple major uh, injuries and reconstructive surgery. Yeah, for him to for him to recover from that and to just be a stalwart first name on the team sheet every week. Come on, yeah, definitely. I think even if you if you were to take away, people might say we're being like generous judges based on the comebacks from injuries and stuff. But even if you Maybe. took those away, this guy's been a pretty solid A League. We've got to be clear about this every week. A League defender. A league. He's not Sergio Think- Ramos, obviously. Yeah. You know, he's not bloody Rio Ferdinand, obviously. He's an A league local player who has carved out a really nice professional career for a long time now, who has won individual awards, team trophies. Yes. Um, and he's has given everything has, you can in the A league. <laughs> has given a massive part of his uh, footballing life to our club. To South Australia in general. He has yep. always been a huge, hugely active in the local scene, always helping out with the, the grassroots kids, you know, does lots of media work, you know, loves to get out and interact with the fans and stuff like that. Gets on the loves, mic, loves up the Red the Army. Yeah. Like, he's been such a great advocate and representative of this club. And, you know, we're never going to know what we offered him and what the Jets offered him, but... For the guys, the guys that are the detractors of Elsie, I think, look at the big name centre-back retirements this season that have been getting huge accolades. And it's guys like Nigel Bogard and it's guys like Andrew Durante who are just immense A-League professionals and that is it. That was their ceiling and that is, that's yeah. wonderful. Like how much more do you need to aspire to in this country? Yep, 100%. Um I don't really, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add to that. Cool. I just, yeah, I wonder 
I hope I hope he's making mega bucks actually in Newcastle. Yeah. I really I mean, do. I hope he's making mega bucks. We were bought, we were touching on going down the <laughs> the speculation path of how this might have happened, but um I don't want to do too much speculating either way. Yeah. All, uh, all you know, we've said what we wanted to say. Pretty sad that he's I'll going. Just, We'd welcome him back going. any day. I would um, just like to I'm not I'm not even that fussed if we didn't offer him the, like a huge amount of money that someone like the Jets can, yep. where he can go there and be in their best two or three or four players. Yeah. Because I also, when we talk about the fans that are kind of happy to see him go, I almost sit in that side of the fence as well, in that Elsie's, he shouldn't be our best two, three or four. He shouldn't be in that best player position for us. He should always be the best player like the seventh best player in the starting 11 or the eighth best player. Yeah. And I think that is part of the reason why we didn't offer him the money that maybe the Jets can. And, you know, it's time for Timothy really to step up. That's, that's the big one for the season now. I don't even think we need to go out and really sign anyone. It'd be nice to get, nice to get maybe some more kids blooded coming back through, but Timothy and Jakobsen should do the job. Yeah. We can go on to Jakobsen. And um, so he's, Resigned. I haven't read the article yet. I just saw that he'd resigned. Uh, I think it's for one year. Skim through headlines. One year is it? Yeah. Uh, pretty happy with that. He looked. I don't know. I've always been pretty happy with this guy. Great. Same. I was a, it, I was a, when? Yeah. Sorry. You'd remember when we signed him from Melbourne City. I was a big fan. Um, yeah. Given the way he played for them. I thought he was pretty underrated, to be honest, for Melbourne City. And it was a pretty big... Yeah, I thought it was a pretty big deal that we managed to get him. So I'm happy that we're keeping him on another year. Agreed. Agreed. When he came back from injury midway through the season, our defence definitely solidified again. And we started to pick up more points. It was, you know, it's no coincidence that we broke that really dreadful run when Jakobsen came back into the team. So he's hugely important for us. Every year he gets older, obviously, his body... Yep. Can't hack a full season. So that is why I think we need to blood. We need to get a really good youth player in, a youth defender, maybe from a different club, maybe from South Australia, maybe from overseas. But um, that, that would be my starting pair. Jakobsen, definitely. Timotheu next to him. Yeah. He's a Good great player. Uh, Jakobsen, uh, just reading the comments from Carl Veer as well. <clears throat> it looks like, it seems like we really value his leadership as well in the squad. So handy to keep that too. 100%. Yeah, we definitely miss a lot of leadership on the pitch when, you know, Jakobsen isn't there. And after that, I can't really think of anyone else that is a true leader on the field. Yeah. So we've got two to go. We'll get the uh, we'll get the shifty one out of the way first before we get into the big boy news. But uh, Tommy Urich, <laughs> it appears that there's been rumours coming out one. that uh, Tommy Urich does not wish to stay. He's not, he won't be accepting a renewal and he's probably going, it looks like he might be joining MacArthur. Boo. Boo Ernst, you big fucking turncoat. Jesus Christ. Imagine playing as mediocrely. Is that a word? Imagine exhuming that mediocrity well, that he did. All words then, are made up so you can have it. Thanks. Hey, Shakespeare. Um, imagine... Uh, well, go on, just go be yeah. Mark, MacArthur's well, marquee. We, uh, Fuck off. I don't care. Go we away. Did, we did predict something like this when he signed. We did say he's likely uh, coming in for one year, trying to get himself a move to another club. But Adelaide was the only club that would take him at the time in Australia. And once you're in Australia, obviously, you can just at any point just wander off and join another team. So, yeah, like Scott McDonald did three times. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, whatever. I'm not really too fussed to see him go. I'm not fussed. He's just another in a long line of strikers that have failed at Adelaide United. Congratulations. Yep. That'll it's do like, for him. It's double digits now. Yeah, I'm, I'm yep, done that'll, with that'll do. We can get on to the big boy news because I know we're both absolutely stoked with this. Yes. Um, had Your this, boy. Uh, had this goss in the bag for a while. Couldn't let it out, but... Know. It's finally come out. Uh, Craig Goodwin will stay with us 
on another a season long loan from the Saudi club that he's uh, come from. I don't know who they are. Don't know their name. <laughs> They're just a Saudi Arabian club that Craig Goodwin was at, and now he plays for us, and we're getting another year out of him. And I could not be happier. <clears throat> Thank you, Al hyphen, insert whatever you want, because this is such great freaking news and it's a great bit of business as well because I don't know what he's on and I don't know what the exact terms of the arrangement are, but we wouldn't be paying his entire wage, I don't think. And because of that, we could be fitting him under the cap really nicely, I think, with this loan deal. So this is just fantastic news all around. And, you know, for Craig, his long-term future is probably in South Australia. So I can see us getting him back when his deal expires in this Saudi Arabian yeah. club, which would be double jeopardy for us. Cause oh, it'll be the reverse of whatever double jeopardy is. Cause we would have got a fucking fee for him and he played here for most of the contract <laughs> and then he comes back. So. Uh, yeah. Well, he's uh, he's got that injury on his ankle to work through from the end of the season. Mm, um, yeah. He's got just, time. Just reading the, uh, reading the article here. Um, he said he's delighted to be staying in his hometown. Uh, rehab on the ankle going well. Excited about what the season holds, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Um, another guy that really, really attaches himself to South Australian football. Agreed. Yeah, he does. He breeds it, immerses himself within it, is a great advocate for it. And Craig's another one I see wandering around the shops all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't annoy Craig Goodwin. I understand he needs his space. Give him his space. He's the yeah, king of Adelaide not, now. I would hope so. His impact when he returned was just—it was two minutes Ridiculous, after he it? came back. Yeah, and it heralded it. Yeah, it foreshadowed something great, and I'm so glad he's back. And he is still peak Craig Goodwin. And you know, Craig is a good player that should have been considered at least for the Oli Roos squad. I 100%, 100% agree. Uh, he may have been considered, but the injury may have taken him out. I'm ah, not sure. Yeah, of course. Um, the injury took knowing him out Graham those... Arnold, mm, you're right. Probably not. I also I was having this conversation with some guys the other day that I struggled to see how he wasn't. I don't know what why it's never worked out for him overseas. Like he had that spell in Netherlands where he was playing really well. Um, new coach came in. See you later. And then it was a similar story in Saudi Arabia. I think he was playing a lot there and playing well. And they got a new coach in. And see you later. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. The new the new coach, I read this, the new coach at his new club is playing local players predominantly. Yeah. So it's one of those things where all the foreigners have been frozen out again, which, you know, you hear a lot of stories about this happening to all the Australian players. Yeah. You know, good look at Xanthi in Greece for fuck's sake. Like it's there, it's happening. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting because obviously they paid, uh, they paid some coin for him to get him and they're obviously paying him good coin and they're happy to let him go out for the rest of the season last year. And now they're happy to let him come for another year on loan. I don't know. We were talking about this the other day. I uh, don't know what, don't know what his contract is like with the Saudi Arabian club. I wonder how long he's got left on it. Can't be long. I, I would, I would assume <laughs> another season. Another season after this new one. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I could find this out actually if you can fill yeah. up time for well, two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> We've yeah, broken well, the fourth wall of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I'll just sit here and dribble. Shit, this is what our podcast is anyway. It's just us dribbling shit. 1.3 mil we got for him. For Craig? Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. 1.3 mil. And That's he's just insane. been sent out on loan to us with them paying most of his wages still. Any idea what's left on that contract? Can you find that info? It was only a two-year deal. So this would be the last year of it. And he's spending yeah. it with us. It's so weird because it says here, he officially announced uh, that he had signed a two-year deal. Uh, with Al Hueda. Al Hueda. That was in Al Hueda. That was in 2019. And then it said Goodwin mutually terminated his loan with Abha over difficulties with himself and his partner living in the new city. And then Adelaide, and then he came back here in 2021. And so that yep. looks like two years to me. So this has to be the last year of his contract. This has to be the last year. And then. Because he's been know. on two loans. Now. I would, 
I've got a feeling he stays after this. His contract runs out over there and he just ends up staying here. Well spent 1.3 mil. Yeah. Uh, it says <laughs> it says on Wikipedia $450,000 buyout fee. Okay. But it looks it says 1.3 million some weird denomination. So must be 450 Aussie. Whatever. Whatever. We got him. It's good. Chump change. Chump change, right? Chump change. Have you got anything else no. you want to add in this uh, episode 22.1? Yeah, just a couple of things. Uh, good Go luck, Brigitte, going into um, whatever that private liberal bullshit sector of politics is. Good job. Yeah, I'm not you going were good for Adelaide United. Good for, good for Adelaide United. Um, always who we welcome back with open arms. But yep. that was the only question I'd ask you on this. Do you think him leaving is a bad sign? Do you think it indicates anything deeper? No. No? You think he's personal opportunities? Yeah. He seems like this sort of guy. Natural career progression for a guy like him. Yeah. Hungry, aggressive, progressive guy that wants to achieve yep. everything he can. That makes yep. sense. Although there, there is an article on in daily today by Spiro um, saying that the owners are very much keeping their wallets shut for the upcoming season. And so not, with Bruce not quitting, not surprised, no true, not surprised, but with Bruce quitting and a lack of transfer or a lack of investment into the club coming via the board, those two things they don't sit well with me, and it just it would it would be bad. It, it would be upsetting if yeah, I'm this not, is I'm not a sure bad they're related, indication. but yeah, okay, good. I'm not sure that's what I wanted I to hear. I don't think they're related because I think like I think we both agree on Bruce. That's the sort of guy he is. Uh, it's just career progression for him, and we're always skeptical about football club owners, so we can just keep that as well, especially <laughs> these guys. <laughs> yeah, anyone. Um, Anyone in general. Yeah. The last thing I just wanted to mention was, have you been following um, the Postacoglu revolution at Celtic so far? <laughs> I've somewhat. Yeah. Why is that? I just, I've been, I've been trying to follow it closely. He's made, uh, he's made a real point of trying to bring Celtic into the modern digital era. And so he's doing a lot or he's instigating a lot of behind the scenes, you know, almost documentary style, but not quite just yeah. like raw training footage, just doing more of that and putting it online. There's a really good video. I'll probably share it tomorrow on the page. There's a really good video of him taking training where I read a lot of the comments, people starting to be won over by him gradually um, just by sort of exposing them to, I, I saw this multiple times, exposing them to, just areas of the club that they've never seen before. And he's been very willing to bring the fans with him and engage yeah. them in how he's administering training and stuff like that. And this is a cool project. This is going to be a fucking amazing thing to yeah. watch over the, next, well, I think over the next year. He's a smart guy. And I think he knows how to read the room really well. And reading the room with Celtic fans was that they were clearly a fan base that were pretty displeased with his appointment. Um, the, the sort of fans that not happy with his appointment, but will get behind him. Um, so, but in that sense, he still has a bit of work to do to win them over. And I think he's just doing little things to win them over, uh, saying the right things, saying what people want to hear, doing all that sort of stuff. He's got a big job to do with this squad. So we'll see how he goes. Yeah. Good luck to him. I don't just say that as a Celtic fan. I say that as an Australian football fan. Um, but I hope he can do a pretty good job because the some of the snobbery coming out of Scotland after his announcement from both sides of the big Glasgow clubs, um, like Celtic fans were worried, Rangers fans were laughing at them for signing an unknown, uh, Celtic fans raging that they were signing an unknown. I use quotation marks there. Um, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He'll be right, I think. I think he'll be right too, as long as they give him the time that he needs, just like the time that Steven Gerrard was given. Yeah, well, that's the issue is these guys are going to jump all over him after one bad result. So that's the issue. And he has a horrible squad at the moment that he has to try and rebuild. Uh, but he says all the right things, does all the right things. And the fans are, he's winning fans over without playing any football at the moment. So if he keeps going down that road, they'll probably 
I think he knows the sort of fan base he's working with that won't have the patience for bad results. And so he's trying to he's trying to safeguard against that early on by making it very clear that this is like what he does is a project and that he will do things his way and that way may not happen immediately. So come along for the ride and you might have to wait a bit, but it'll be worth it. So like there's no pressure really to do it this season because the nine, the 10 in a row got done. They got cut off last year by Rangers. So yeah. Yeah. So do you think, do you think they'll give him the time that is needed for Ange Postacoglu's squad? Because you know, it does take a season at least. And like you said, he's working with really bare minimum. I think they will. They will. Cool. Yeah. I think they will. Yeah. Um, they'll the board probably most likely will even if the fans get a bit bit rowdy and have enough of it but fans are pretty fickle and probably never more so than in that part of the world so you know yeah. they, can turn pretty, they can turn pretty quickly um, there's a lot of one-eyedness and nuffery so from both sides so See how I've managed to work <laughs> Rangers into that as well. <laughs> yeah, there's good people on both sides. <laughs> we might wrap it up there. Uh, pretty good, good wrap there. Adelaide. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll probably next week we might have a look at the Matildas. We'll see how we go. Um, I think we should do the Matildas next week and then maybe go through all the Adelaide players and like give them yep. a rating. Yep, we can do that. Uh, we're also going to do, we're trying to get some stuff organized for the off, A-League off-season in regards to A-League chat. Um, we'll work on some stuff there. We've also got, we'll be back during the week sometime to talk about the Euro semifinals that are happening in a couple of days. And then also previewing the final, which I believe is about 4 a.m. Monday morning, something like that. Yeah, Sunday but, uh, night. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get stuck into all that. So Stick around. Thanks for listening. If you're there still, have a good one. Yeah, good job, everyone. Thanks for hanging in there. We'll see you soon. Bye.